Welcome to the Women Get Real podcast. It's time for us to break free from the things that hold us back and spread God's love in a way that only women can. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this inspires you to become all that God has destined you to be. It's time to get real. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Woo! So amazing. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how wonderful it is to be ushered into the presence of the Holy Spirit. I am so excited to be here with you guys tonight. I can't even explain it. I want to talk to you tonight about the Jordan River. Now, before you get up and walk out and say, I didn't come here for any world geography class, don't worry, there will be some God here too. The Jordan, here's the geography part. It's quick, don't worry. The Jordan River is a river that's 156 miles long. It's in the Middle East, and it flows roughly from north to south through the Sea of Galilee and onto the Dead Sea. Jordan and the Golan Heights, which is Syria, border the river to the east, while the Palestinian West Bank and Israel lie to the west. Now, the river has great significance to us Christians. See, here's the God part. As this is where the Israelites crossed into the Promised Land. It's also where Elijah and Elisha crossed, and Elisha crossed back. And it's also the place that John the Baptist baptized Jesus. So the Jordan River is a place of transition, and it symbolizes change and new beginnings. So when I say my message title, which is Crossing Our Jordan, I'm talking about going through a change or a transition in life. Does that make sense? How many of you have ever been through a change or a transition in your life? Okay, good. So it's not just me. So one guarantee in life is that we will go through change at some point. This year, my family has been through quite a few changes from surgeries, home renovations, from getting rid of some extracurricular activities that took up quite a bit of our time, and for being transitioned out of a job. More on that later, though. Some other examples of changes could be from moving, graduating, getting a new job, losing a job, having a new relationship, a breakup, getting married, having children, getting divorced, having an empty nest, the death of a, of a family or a friend, and the birth of grandchildren, just to name a few. Another change that you ladies may think of is the glorious change of life. And I know as you're looking at me, you're like, you are way too young to even know what that is. Well, I know a little bit. You see, I was complaining to my gynecologist a few months back about, I'm like, I cannot lose weight. I've been dieting and exercising. I am tired all the time. I've been getting these sweats at night, and she's like, oh, honey, you're starting to go through menopause, but don't, don't worry. It's just pre-menopause, so you got plenty more where this came from. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thanks, Eve. So like I said, we're all going to go through some change at some point in our life, whether it be good or bad. So how do we handle this change? What should we do as we go through it? How do we cross into the unknown without being full of anxiety? How do we cross our Jordan? That, my friends, requires a leap of faith. But let me back up. Before I start leaping with faith, I need some backstory. What does the Bible say about change? What does the Bible say about the Jordan River? So I can tie it into my message. Let's look at the symbolism and see what Joshua did when he took the Israelites through the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Anybody that has their Bible can turn with me to Joshua 3. Actually, let's back up a little further so we can get a clear background. To save some time, I'm going to give you the quick Shiloh synopsis. So starting in Genesis 50, 
Joshua brought his, Joseph brought his family to Egypt, and he protected them there. Exodus 1, Joseph and all his brothers died, and their descendants were forced into slavery in Egypt. Exodus 2 through 12, God chose Moses and prepared him to free his people from slavery. Let my people go. There was lots of plagues, and then Pharaoh finally let the people go with Moses. In Exodus 14, they crossed the Red Sea. Exodus 20 through 25, at Mount Sinai, they received the Ten Commandments, and they built the Ark of the Covenant to put them in. In Leviticus, they camped out at Mount Sinai. There's lots of sin and punishment. In Numbers 13, that's where the 12 scouts went out to Canaan, and only Joshua and Caleb came back with the right attitude that they could conquer the land. And because of that, the Israelites were punished for, the, for their rebellion and lack of faith, and they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 long years. Deuteronomy reminds the Israelites of what God has done, and they rededicate their lives to him. Deuteronomy 3, Moses was forbidden to enter the promised land, and he commissioned Joshua as the new leader. Deuteronomy 34, Moses dies. And finally, in Joshua, a new generation is ready to cross into the promised land, beginning with a miraculous cross of the Jordan River. Phew, okay, we're all caught up. Now, if you want, you can go back and read from, from Genesis to Joshua to get the whole thing. That was just a quick little synopsis. Now, together, we can read Joshua 3. And you can follow along on the slides if you don't have your Bible with you. Joshua 3, crossing the Jordan, starting in verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that may know they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, When you reach the edge of Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Let's skip to verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled in a heap at a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Dead Sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now I had the pleasure of being in Israel this past July and I got to see the Jordan River. I even went in it and got bit on my feet by those little fish. <laughs> it wasn't quite what I had envisioned from Joshua 3 because it was very hot, the river wasn't overflowing, the, it wasn't in harvest season, and of course there weren't any pipes or bridges back in that time. And when Joshua and the Israelites Christ crossed, it was during harvest season in the spring when it was overflowing. And God chose the time when the river was at its highest to demonstrate his power. That was a miracle. Do you think it was easy for Joshua to cross the Jordan? He was a new leader. He was following in Moses' footsteps. And he had to lead a group of more than a million people across a running, overflowing river without a bridge. I sure am glad that I'm not following in Moses' footsteps. He's in the faith chapter of the Bible, by name. He's the top dog, the big wig. Joshua had some big shoes to fill. What do you think the Israelites thought of Joshua? Let's try to imagine what it would be like in modern times. 
I could just hear the bickering and complaining now. My husband should have gotten that job that Joshua got. He's stronger and he's wiser and he's more qualified. I wonder how much pay he makes. Does he make more than me? Hmm, I like it here. There were ten other people that said we'd be fighting giants over there. I'm not fighting giants. Cross the river? No thanks. I'm not getting my sandals all wet and muddy. So was it easy? Probably not. Actually, I know that it wasn't easy because God had to remind Joshua several times to be strong and courageous. So that was Joshua's Jordan. But what's yours? What are some areas that God may be asking you to make a change? Perhaps it's time to start your own business or adopt. Or maybe your Jordan is to let go of some bitterness and anger and to forgive. So what's your Jordan and how do we cross it? The first step in crossing your Jordan is step one, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1.6 says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. We're all a work in progress. None of us are perfect. We all may need to be reminded to be strong and courageous from time to time, just like Joshua was reminded again and again and again. Now, I had an amazing opportunity while we were in Israel to teach about the Beatitudes in the place where Jesus spoke about the Beatitudes. It was the Sermon on the Mount. They even named the place the Mount of the Beatitudes. I was so excited to give this message, and I just felt God's presence as I spoke. I was in awe with the fact that I was able to speak about what Jesus spoke about in the place that he spoke about. I, I just can't even explain how excited I was. After I gave the message, I was on such a Jesus high. We were taking pictures, and everybody was saying, oh, great job, and I was feeling really good. And then one lady in our group said, oh, was that the first time you ever spoke in public? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I know she didn't mean anything by it. She started by saying, oh, you did a good job. But the devil had to sneak that in and tried to rob me of my confidence. It was one of the greatest speaking privileges I ever had in my life. It was just so exciting that I was able, I didn't really care that how I performed or how eloquent I sounded or if my message touched the hearts. I was just so excited that I was able to share about the Beatitudes in the place that Jesus shared about. I'm like, how cool is that? That kind of thing can shake your confidence if you let it. But Hebrews 10, 35 through 36 says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he promised. Now I can let a silly, unintended comment rob me my confidence, or I can trust in my God. Persevere, and he will give me the strength to move on and speak in public again. I have to be strong and courageous. Another example of being strong and courageous that I've seen quite a bit these past few months is with kids going away to college. I haven't experienced a child going away to college yet, but it was hard enough just to see my nephew go. Now, I know it's hard for the kid, especially if it's their first time leaving the house. So be strong and courageous, college student. But also, it's hard, hard for the mamas. Am I right? Be strong and courageous, mamas. You raise them well. You raise them up in the way that they should go. And you know that your God cares for them even more than you do. And I'm covering you all in prayer because I know this is a hard transition. So how do you be strong and courageous? Read your Bible. Get into the Word. Fill yourself with encouraging scriptures that can lift you up. Ask for prayer from good godly friends. Worship. When I'm not feeling very strong and courageous, I put on my favorite Christian radio station. 
And I jam and I let the words fill me up. Remind yourself who you are and whose you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are an overcomer. You are victorious. You are a child of God. Remind yourself of this. So step one, be strong and courageous. So what's the next step in crossing our Jordan? Step number two, God first. Let's look back at Joshua 3.15. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the riverbed was dry. Now this is huge. The priests and the ark had to go first. The ark is symbolic of God's presence, and this vessel had to go ahead of the people. So before we cross our Jordan, God has to go first. If you're going through any change, we want to be sure God is there with us. Put simply, pray first. Did we pray for wisdom when we needed guidance? Did we pray for comfort and peace when a change was made for us? Is God in the center of our transition, just as those priests stood in the center of the river? I can give you an example about putting God first. I'm currently looking for a new job. I found one that sounded really good on paper. It seemed to fit what I was looking for. It was part-time, doing what I'm good at, so I jumped at it, and I got a phone interview. Interview went really well, but I found out the job would require me to work every Monday, even when the kids are in school. And at this point in my life, I really want to be home when the kids are home, so this wasn't really a good fit. Anyway, I got off the phone. I called my husband with the good news. I have a second interview, and I instantly started crying. <laughs> He's like... I knew in my heart this was not a good fit for our family. Of course, my husband's first words, did you pray about it? Um, <laughs> yeah, of course I prayed about it. I said, God, I offer this to you. And then I picked up the phone and I called. <laughs> Anybody else ever pray that way or just me? <laughs> it doesn't really work that way when you pray and just do what you want anyway. You can't just offer something up to God and then just do what you want. I know God will give me the desires of my heart and provide the perfect job for me when I actually seek him first, pray for his wisdom, and allow the Holy Spirit time for, to give me guidance. So as with any transition or change, pray first. Put God first. Seek his wisdom. He will guide you and direct you. He will make your path straight. Lean on the Holy Spirit. He will help you through the transition. Step number three. Let's move on to point number three, and this is something we do not want to miss here. This is a big one. It's that the priests and all the Israelites actually had to take the step. Just like we saw Indiana Jones, take the step. You have to take the step. Joshua 3, 7, take a few steps in the river and stop there. The Israelites had to have the faith and believe that God would do what he said he was going to do. It takes faith to cross into the unknown, and faith requires action. What is the step of faith that you need to take? God's calling you to do something. Take the step. Get the degree. Take the step. Get out of that abusive relationship. Take the step. Pray for your coworker. Take the step. Lose the unhealthy weight. Take the step. Witness to your family. Take the step. Get counseling. Take the step. Forgive, take the step. You guys are getting where I'm going with this, right? We need to take a step. What are we waiting for? We may be sitting and waiting for God to carry us through something when he's sitting there and waiting for us to take the step. How many of you know that God has asked you to do something, but you haven't done it yet? Don't raise your hands for this one. <laughs> 
What are we afraid of? How come we haven't done it? Are we not taking the step because we're afraid? Find scriptures to help you overcome this fear. Here's a few that I like to keep in my back pocket. Isaiah 41.10, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And Psalm 34.4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. So if you're afraid, lean on those scriptures. God can help you through. Maybe you're not taking this step because you don't feel peace about it. Some people say that when God puts something on your heart, you're going to feel peace. I always thought peace was when you feel calm and relaxed. You have no anxiety or worry. You're not worried about anything. It's kind of like when you're sitting on your couch all comfy in your sweatpants. You've got a fire blazing and you've got sipping on a nice cup of hot cocoa. That's what I always thought peace was. But it's not. Paul says in Philippians that the peace of God is beyond our understanding. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's be real here. Stepping out in faith is scary. But it doesn't mean you need to wait until you're no longer afraid or anxious or worried. You need the peace that surpasses all understanding. And if you're afraid, do it anyway. You can't let your emotions dictate if you move forward. Remember, if God calls you to do something, that means he's there with you and he'll deliver you from fear when you boldly step out into his will. God will give you his perfect peace when you take the leap of faith. Are you not stepping out in faith because you're waiting for the perfect timing? Joshua didn't wait until the river was calmer or when the harvest season was over before God told him to go. He went when God told him to go. God's timing not our timing, is the perfect timing. Take the step. Trust me. If God is nudging you to do something, take the step because guess what? If you don't, sometimes you're going to be pushed. So I mentioned earlier about a change that I recently went through. I'm going to share with you about it. I recently was pushed out of a job at a church. It's easy to talk about now, but during the transitional phase, it was so hard we were in the process of changing a church to be closer, closer to our home, to be with family, because we knew God was leading us there. Even though I knew in my heart that it would be best if I didn't continue to work at a church that we no longer attended, I didn't want to quit because it made sense to stay. The pay was good. It was part-time. It was flexible. I could work home when I wanted to. And the ladies, when I worked with, were so nice. But God made it happen anyway. I was asked to go, to transition out. That was a big change for me. These steps of faith are not always easy. Most of the time they aren't. But trust me, when you cross your Jordan with God first and take that step, you not only get across, but you get across a new woman. And I praise God in all things. For my Jordan cross, my children are growing in their new youth group. They have great new friends. Both kids profess their faith through water baptism, and we all have a sense of belonging that we have never felt before. To top it off, I learned how to forgive in a way I never thought possible. See that? Changed woman. <laughs> so maybe you weren't pushed through your Jordan, but if you're going through a change, you just have to take the step. Take that leap of faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 
have the faith, take the step. And after you take the step, point number four, go all in. Going all in means 100%, no wiggle room, no turning back. New beginnings require an ending. It requires leaving one shore and crossing over to the other. I love the song by Matthew West, appropriately called All In. He says, I'm going all in, head first to the deep end. I hear you calling, and this time the fear won't win. I'm going all in. I so wish I could sing. I would belt that out for you. But that is not a leap of faith you want me to take, trust me. We need to take the leap and don't look back. Surrender it all. When you're all in, you won't have the what ifs running through your mind. No more what ifs. God already gave you the answer. So jump in and don't look back. If you go back, it's like Solomon's writing that says it's like a dog returning to its vomit. Don't be a dog. Or it's like Lot's wife that looked back and turned to salt. If you're confident that what you're doing is to glorify God, go all in. When you go all in, you need to be honest with yourself about who you are and what you need to do to make a change. I read this in a book by Rachel Hollis called Girl, Wash Your Face, and it was too good not to share with you. Stop self-medicating. Stop hiding out. Stop being afraid. Stop giving pieces of yourself away. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop the negative self-talk. Stop abusing your body. Stop putting off for tomorrow or Monday or next year. Stop crying about what happened and take control of what happens next. Girl, wash your face. And I'll add, girl, go all in. Now let's look at John the Baptist in the Jordan River. John the Baptist chose the same area as the crossings of the Jordan to baptize people. It's because the Jordan River was a place of transition or new beginnings that this is where John baptized Jesus. Now instead of the waters parting, the heavens did. In Mark 1.10 it says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. So as he was coming out of the water, when Jesus was baptized, he was completely submersed in the water. He didn't just stick his toe in. He didn't just go up to his knee. He went all in. Jesus went all in. We need to go all in. So how do we do that? The greatest transition of all is how we do that. The transition from being unsaved to saved. This change is the best thing that you could ever do, to be born again, to have eternal life. This is something you should be excited about. You want to live for Jesus constantly, to act right, to do the right thing, to surrender all, to becoming friends with him. Crossing our Jordan from dead to alive, from old to new, from unsaved to save. John 5.24 puts it this way. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. This is the best transition we can ever have. Don't you agree? You know what, ladies? We usually give an opportunity to pray at the end of our conference for salvation, but I really don't want to wait. I feel that there's some of you that haven't made this transition yet, and I don't want to go another minute without giving you this opportunity. Before we go any further, let's take this step together. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. 
in your name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, please see someone from our prayer team or from Walnut Hills prayer team during break, either up at the altar or in the prayer room. We'd love to pray with you and help you lead you to the next steps. Now, let's continue with the message. I have one more point. Point number five about crossing our Jordan. Remember the crossing. Can we continue along in Joshua to chapter four? The whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan. The Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among you, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests were standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place you stay tonight. In the future, when your children ask, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So after the people crossed the river, God directed them to build a memorial. God didn't want them to forget. These stones were a constant reminder that God got them through. Their children will see the stones and remember the stories about God. Have you already crossed your Jordan? Are you sharing your story of transition and how God got you through? I have a friend that recently went through a divorce, and she told me that her pastor put her into a divorced group so that she could help other women and share with them how she could have joy in the midst of her pain. She's helped so many people just by sharing with them. Have you been through a loss that God got you through? Have you ever made a big move? Are you a cancer survivor? What have you been through that you live to tell about? Who can you comfort? Is there someone that needs to hear from you for encouragement and strength? Sometimes, Justin, I've been there and hug is all people need. I've crossed my Jordan. I came through and I've lived to tell about it. I shared it with you all. I didn't share it right after it happened when it was raw and it still hurt, but I'm sharing it now that I've survived. If you're crossing something now that seems impossible, it's not. Trust me. With God by my side, I made it through. I have more peace. I have more joy. I'm stronger. I'm happier. On the other side, you will be too. Before you know it, you're going to be sharing it with others about how God got you through. So ladies, it's time to cross your Jordan. Remember, be strong and courageous. Put God first. Take the step. Go all in. And here's the thing. Sometimes we're being asked to take a leap of faith and not just a step. Leaps take us further and they grow us closer and deeper with our Lord and Savior. Take the leap. God has plans for you. Take the leap. He will give you strength. Take the leap. God works for the good of those that love him. Take the leap. If God is for us, who can be against us? Take the leap. He is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. Take the leap. We will receive anything we ask. Take the leap. He won't leave us. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And ladies, if God says leap, he will always provide you with a place to land. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. A special thank you to all of those who generously give to this ministry. To give now, go to womengetreal.org and scroll to the bottom of the homepage to make things like this podcast possible. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. If you want to hear more, consider liking and following us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for getting real with us. 